0: It's around there that I would have dived off and I've no idea what height I was at around That doesn't really...
1: I seem to remember um, that the guys were saying that they saw... That you went in and the guys were saying... The guys who pulled you out were saying, you didn't come back up again and they were watching for you to see you coming back up again. And then somebody saw some blood and then, then they went in. So, And then you kept saying to me, do you remember this? You kept saying to me, hold my hand, hold my hand.
0: No, I don't yeah, I remember saying Max say Where's my car?
1: Yeah, she kept saying to me as well, "Hold my hand, hold my hand." I didn't want to say to you, "I am holding your hand."
0: All oh, right, okay. Because I do remember one of the guys saying, "Do you feel that?" And I said, "What?" And then he said, "Do you feel that?" And I said, "What?" And what he was doing was he was sticking a pin down in my lower back and then uh, working his way upwards mm. to see where I had feeling. And he kept on saying, "Can you feel that?" And I said, "What?" Uh, and he said, "Just tell me when you feel something." and I just wasn't saying anything, you know. And he went all the way up and just didn't feel thing. All the way up to my neck and I didn't feel anything.
2: On the 30th of July 1995, a scorching hot Sunday, Olden McGowan broke his neck diving at Dublin's famous 40 foot. Today, he's a familiar voice here on Radio 1. This week on Outside the Box.
3: We want to use a local bank like everyone. Now
2: the presenter of RTE Radio 1's Outside the Box Disability Series and a producer on various other Radio 1 shows, Olin's been a wheelchair user ever since his accident. Do stay with us.
0: My, my brother insists that he told me a couple of weeks after entering the rehab hospital, My my younger brother insists that he actually said to me one day, you know, He had a chat with me about it and he said, you know, this is permanent. And I kind of said, yeah, I I kind of gathered that. And, But I don't actually know when I gathered it. But I think the penny dropped myself. I don't think anybody necessarily came to me and said, right, we've done all the tests, we've looked at the MRIs, we've done the operation, and here's the thing, you're not going to walk again. That never happened. And I would prefer this not to be a mystery, but at the same time, I don't want it to be the first thing that people ask. I'd like if somebody got to know me well enough to know that probably the disability is the least interesting thing about me.
2: Hey, Hey, how are you? Fifteen years on from that fateful summer's evening, Olin has decided to revisit the 40 foot for the first time since his accident. With him is Maxine Brady, a neighbour in 1995, who, with her then six-year-old daughter Circa, had gone with Olin for an afternoon by the cool of the sea, where one careless dive changed his life forever. Anyway, how are you feeling? I'm all right,
1: tired. Long You've been out
2: here before since?
1: No. Well, yes, once with your, oh, with your dad yeah. and, and the solicitor
0: establishing the old facts. Yeah, haven't yeah. been out
1: since then, though. So that must be what 14 years.
0: I haven't been out at all. So Are you, not? you, Are you yeah. nervous? Are uh, nervous? No, I'm more kind of like God. I suppose I'm kind of curious really yeah, now at this yeah. stage. I was, I was uh, quite uh, you know um, nonchalant about it really, or just just wasn't really thinking about it. But it's, uh, I think I'm more curious than anything else. Really?
1: Mm. Hmm. I'm a little anxious, I have to say now. Are you? Yeah. Well, I start to hyperventilate when I go out there. Do you? Yeah.
0: Oh God. <laughs> sure,
1: I was hyperventilating the day that that it happened. You know. Oh
0: God. So. Well we've plenty of water here, eh? Yes. You? All
1: right. <laughs> so we get going?
0: Okay, let's go. All right. Well I remember I remember uh, when I actually asked yourself circa mm. if you went to the grave. And I said, Listen, it's glorious defense going to the beach. I think Trzcinka took some persuading. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. Maybe no, I'm She wrong. was
1: up for it. It was me. I. I had a really bad feeling. I felt really odd that day. Like, um, I had a really bad gut instinct and, and butterflies. And
0: you, th- you thought something was going to happen to circa yeah, That's so you, right. did
1: you know, I was watching her like a hawk because you took her into the water a few times, and I was kind of shallow water. I know it was shallow, but I was still. I was freaked because there were so many rocks around, and uh, you know, and kind of. And she was flying about in her bare feet and her swimming suit, and. I was, just, I was really freaked out about it. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic weather, do you remember? It was absolutely... I remember packing up the bag with sun cream and stuff because I burned so easily and I was afraid of getting burned.
0: Oh, it was horrendously hot. Yeah. Like, it was the kind of heat that I could not take these days. I would, like, as a quadriplegic now, your body just really heats up and you don't release it. Yeah. And in that kind of heat, because it, it must have been about 29, 28 degrees. It was really hot. And in, in that kind of heat, I, I just, I would be in the car with the air conditioning on.
1: And then, when you, um, when you went in, and then somebody realised you were in trouble, I started. I got really anxious.
0: I actually remember when I was lying there, and uh, there was a load of people around me and i heard all these voices and they were talking and I, I kind of it was very difficult for me to to kind of take in what had happened to me and i i figured like being so lucid i kind of figured it was some kind of temporary thing so i was aware that people were talking and what they were saying and i remember somebody saying quick find somebody who's got a mobile phone like find somebody who's got a mobile phone yeah. uh, whereas nowadays it would be uh it would be, let me grab my mobile.
1: Somebody else, this woman came running and said, quick, quick, it's your husband, and all I could do was say to her, he's not my bloody husband.
0: (laughs) See, I've absolutely no idea where to park now. I I can see the 40 foot and the Maratello Tower over there to the left, but I've never when we reach the end here now we'll reach a T-junction and I don't think I've ever turned left at this T-junction again, like since since we were there, because the T junction only leads up to the 40 foot. Apparently, there are signs up there now, and I know that I, I, you know, I have memories of what the place looked like when I was there. And there certainly weren't any signs, or, or, there, there definitely weren't any kind of, you know, uh, the life belts or anything like no. that. So, I'd be curious to see what they have done. ...to uh, to flag the dangers of the place. we we'll to look for to park. Oh, hiya. i have to get those things out from behind.
1: The fun bit.
2: While Olin has always been a car lover, now to simply get around. His mm. is pretty much essential. You'll have to grab the wheelchair yep. frame out of the booth. And while most of us take it for granted, For Olin, getting in and out of his specially adapted car is tiresome and time-consuming.
0: The first time I ever got my wheelchair into the car all by myself, it took about 45 minutes because I was experimenting with ways of getting it in. In what way should I grip the frame to bring it across my body and into the passenger seat? Um, Where should I start? Should I start by taking the the wheels off or should I start by folding the thing down or taking the cushion or whatever um, and myself and other people of the exact same level of injury as me will will do that there's no one way to transfer into a car, dismantle your wheelchair and so I had to work on my own method of doing that but I remember as well the first time I took it into my own hands to actually go into town on my own just go in, drive in park in a car park get out of the car uh, now it's as straightforward as one two three I do it all the time but it's a big uh, challenge it's one of those hurdles that you have to get over uh, as a as a wheelchair user and it was kind of um, it was exciting and scary at the same time well we go the way we went
1: which way you want and that way
0: well that's the way we originally went. Okay.
1: The hand, are you okay? Right. For the no, that's new. What's new? That's
0: sign. Oh yeah, scuba diving. Oh look at this. Yeah, that's totally new. Look at all this. Oh my god. A forty foot beach coat. No animals except guide dogs. It's all very formal. No, life no lifeguards patrolling this bathing area. Consumption of alcohol is strictly prohibited. God, it wasn't like that in my day. Please use the litter bins provided. Failure to clean up after your dog. Beware of sudden large waves due to arrival of the car ferry. Diving is strictly prohibited. Wow. Beware of submerged rocks. I didn't realise diving was prohibited.
1: Well, it is now. But you what have they, I done? Wouldn't you think they put that at the top instead of at the bottom?
0: Yeah, that's uh, like if it is prohibited, that should be the principal sign. God, it's unbelievably swirly. I can't, is that? I can't. You know, it was nowhere nearly, nowhere near as, as swirly as that. Like I, I that remember, matters. no, it was a very still day. Still, I, remember. Yeah. I remember. I remember there two? were there were certainly uh, there were certainly waves.
1: You see those two kids are the two girls. Yeah, that's where they took you out and pulled you up there. Are you sure? Yeah because you were on this side because we were over on the far side but I side. dived
0: from the far side
1: yeah but we were over on the far side completely
0: but I, I dived from over where near the sign is yeah so and the tidal and I think, whatever must have taken me over and either. I
1: think that was the only way they could get you out so they okay. couldn't get you out on the other side because look how high the rocks are but that's where they brought you up and then the ambulance took you up that way we didn't come up, we didn't come up the steps on the way to the ambulance we came up the other way
2: A decade and a half ago, Olin scampered around the rocks at the 40-foot without even thinking about it. I don't remember steps. On his first return trip since then, he and Maxine are now acutely aware that his lack of mobility precludes them from getting anywhere near where the accident actually happened.
0: You know, isn't that really weird? I don't remember steps. You
1: don't? I remember them. Well, they must
0: have been, because it's clear they're they're, they're decades and decades old. That's really strange that I don't remember steps. But uh, I certainly remember the the layout of the original kind of rock faces and all the rocks, but uh, I don't remember the kind of the steps and the man-made facilities yeah. out here very well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know. Assume we can't get down, so you can see where everything was.
0: I'm kind of glad I came though to see. Well, first of all, see what they've done. You know, and I remember thinking at the time. Uh, years ago, when when there was talk about what was going to happen and that they were going to ban diving at the 44th, and I kind of remember thinking, God, there's no need to go that far once it's properly signposted. But looking at it now, I think, God, how could they ever have let people dive here? But I don't, um, like, I'm not having any great uh, emotional reaction to it. I'm more, um, uh, just intrigued interested curious very curious so how do you feel about all of this
1: i feel a bit weird i'm not as i'm not as um upset as i thought i was going to be because the last time i was out here i was really upset um I'm, i'm a bit emotional though because the last time i remember you walking and banging around was out here you know so i mean after that it was hospitals all the time and you know so from that, and and I think the thing that's most upsetting was that that was your last swim because you said to me one more swim, and then oh, we'll yeah. go. You I know? said
0: I'm just going to one last dive and swim for about you know five minutes, and and then we'll go. Yeah, and I've so always I...
1: felt shit that I didn't insist that that we go home, you know. So
0: it really always struck me that what a lottery a spinal injury is, especially when it comes to the neck. But any spinal injury really, once you're travelling through the air, if it's me diving into the sea, or you know, once you're in a kind of an accident or a car accident or whatever kind of an accident you might as well toss a coin in the air as know what the fallout is going to be I was used to being in total control of my environment and to go from that to utter dependence complete, total, utter dependence uh, was absolutely startling when you're in hospital, you have to fit into their systems and their rules and their way of doing things and their times, and I just couldn't accept this. I just couldn't. I found it very, very difficult to to accept that there was no freedom for individual expression and 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 thought, um, and even decision making in terms of your own uh, treatment. Um. So. Yeah, it was probably a real pain for the first while in the rehab hospital.
2: After surgery in the matter, Olin was transferred to the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dunleary to begin retraining his body and mind for everything that lay ahead.
4: Hello, how are you doing? You're very welcome. Long time no see. When he
2: now calls in for a quick visit, he's met by Eva Wallace, one of the many nurses who helped him as he started out on this journey back in
0: 1995. There's Joseph's ward. Joseph's is absolutely identical now. I'm sure it's been painted.
4: The ward is the same as it was. No actual new additions to this ward here now. If you can see, each patient has their own television.
0: Oh, that's good. I remember when I was moved in, first I was down here and I wanted to get moved up closer to the television so I could command the remote no control. just the one
4: television, which was smaller than that, which would have been at the top of
0: the board. Oh, yeah, it's disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> when I was initially in hospital, in the rehab, when it dawned on me how bad this was, uh, I suppose my attitude was, look, you know, you've had a good innings, but um, that's it. Forget about it. Marriage, relationships. I remember talking about this to my two brothers, um, having a serious conversation, and one of the, one of the brothers, he just said, "Look, don't ever underestimate the sympathy vote," um, which we had a laugh at at the time. But I found that no, it's not about uh, sympathy vote. I found that you know people are uh, prepared to accept. You as a person. But I have to say, I think the female population of the world have it over on the male population in this regard, in that this great phrase I heard once, that um, men grow to love the women they're attracted to, but women grow attracted to the men they love. I think they are far more prepared to see the individual beyond the wheelchair.
2: Also on duty, when Olden now revisits the National Rehab Hospital is Pauline Shields, another familiar face from fifteen years ago. Oh
4: hi, Pauline. Hey Pauline.
2: How are you doing?
0: Hi, how's it How going? Are you?
4: Grand and yourself.
2: So
0: how's things? Things
4: are grand, busy enough. My different role to when you were here.
0: Yeah, and um, tell us about, there was no such thing as your role when I was here, was there?
4: No, no. I'm a nurse specialist now in sexuality, so I cover everything from the impact of the disability on the individual, how it might affect the couple. Um, and I cover sexual function and fertility. So,
0: In men and women?
4: Men and women, yes. And we've had another addition to our family. Last week we had one of our patients who's 19 years since his injury. Oh, had a baby. His wife had a baby boy, or a baby oh, absolutely girl. absolutely brilliant. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when I was here, you were... Uh... I was your
4: ward manager.
0: Ward manager.
4: (laughs) He'd try and get away with not dressing himself or doing whatever. (laughs) This woman
0: is a tyrant.
4: I'm paid to make you be as independent as possible, and that's what my job was.
0: The word independence is the single most important word when it comes to uh, disabled people. Like, I, I still depend on people. I still depend on a personal assistant to help me with certain practicalities. But that's not something that anybody can do anything about. I simply cannot walk, and nobody is going to change that. And I cannot do certain things physically. But I would still consider myself independent, although others might say I am actually dependent on a personal assistant. But I control my employment of the personal assistant and they work to my brief and to my life and that's very much part of the philosophy of independent living.
2: The hospital has also arranged for Olin to meet Tony O'Connor whose own recent spinal injury has meant he is only now starting out on a road that Olin has long since travelled.
5: I fell on the side of the street, fell down my heap. and the heap went back and damaged this. Just, just walking down the side of the street... I t- t- the told my foot pet was bad. Yeah. And when I went down with my left foot, the concrete went down, and this part was too. I cut my toe I fell out my face, and hands went down on my hip. Oh my god. It just shows you how easily oh, it can. Very, very simple. I spent three months in the Regional Hospital in Limerick and I five months here. For a simple fall. Where are you from? Chrome and County Limerick. And will, you know, have you. Uh, How's your house back in Croom? Is it accessible? Is it easy to be Not made? At the, moment, at the moment, I'm hoping to be staffed, there had been a, a lot of complications going on with that. I have been home now for the last month and weekends, and it hadn't been. It was lovely to be home, it hadn't been easy to walk around the home. Are you driving? I've been driving an automatic car here now with the hand controls. Is, is that one of the training cars, or have you got, your, got your own, your own one, one sorted yet? Yeah. No, no, have been something about from like ah, you'll, you'll manage, no problem. Well, I have been well used to the job because I'm a mechanic myself and I have, I have this kind of work done before for, okay. peop- for people I've got done I've been well used to the game oh, So you're a mechanic by trade yeah, yeah. and can you go back to that? Unfortunately no I'm hoping to get back like myself and do the office work anyway at least As I won't be standing inside looking at the four walls I tell, It's going to take a bit of, to get used to not being able to do things you well. As I say, I see home now on the weekend I was around the yard and out the garage with things I'd love to be stuck in. Yeah. That I couldn't do. Yeah. So, do you
0: live
5: on your own down there? No, no, the wife and the young the youngest with me. Okay. Yeah, the family around me. Two sons around in the garage. Oh that's great.
0: Yeah. What is the prognosis?
5: Well, what I'm told is I hope to get around in the frame, maybe around the house and put the chair in
0: But you'll have, you have good upper
5: body strength and you I have, have yeah. you have full, full movement in your hands. Oh, I have, yeah. I have. that. perfect. You're laughing. You, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, from my point of view, you're laughing. To me, like, the hands are the absolute, like, they're, you know, if I had nothing else, you know, if I just had my, my fingers back and the hands, full hand movement. So, uh, you'll find probably you'll also find people are remarkably helpful i do anyway i just when i'm going through town or going through anywhere if i you know if i need a hand up a step i just like to say to somebody passing by excuse me do you mind and you know nobody very very rarely does somebody ever say no it never happens you know it's good to hear tony it's great to meet you Same be the best of luck in crew. thank you very much Pretty indeed all the best tony I suppose if I could have one thing back, if somebody were, I don't expect ever to walk again, um, but if somebody came to me and said, look, we've developed a technology and it won't enable you to walk again, but it will enable you to move your fingers. Well, to be honest with you, if I could move two fingers, it would be enough. It would make an enormous difference to my life. Now, there's so many things that you can't do without fingers, like button-up buttons, for example. So that's where a PA would come in. Or you could just buy clothes that where you don't need to button up so many buttons. Um, Can't play the piano, which I used to do. I used to play in restaurants and bands when I was in college. Um, And I would have thought, funny enough, before my accident, I would have thought, that's the big thing. If anybody ever took away my ability to make music, I suppose... When something is impossible, when something is absolutely, totally impossible, it ceases to matter, really. It's, what's frustrating is that something would be possible if you could afford the technology to make it possible or something should be possible to do, but the environment is laid out wrongly. That's the frustrating thing. It's impossible for me to play the piano again, so it doesn't bother me.
2: Before he leaves, Olin has arranged to meet two spinal injury patients who were in the rehab hospital when he was and whose lives were dramatically altered in very different accidents. Annabelle Sheehan, a severe quadriplegic, and Fergal Kinsella, who's paralysed from the waist down.
0: I remember when you came into hospital first, Fergal.
6: Because I was in
0: hospital before you came in. you came in in the
6: summer of 95 or August 95, something Yeah, yeah. And you were? No, eh... Uh, yeah, January 96, yes, yeah. middle of winter. Because you were in the
0: first bed. It's amazing these things come back to you, the first bed in Joseph's when you go in on the left-hand side.
6: Yeah, close to the nurses' station. where they keep it on you and, you know, put where you back in you can flirt
0: with the nurses. How did you find it, Annabel?
3: Well, I was here from January 94, so I think I was a, a lifer by the time you arrived. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think as well when I came in, I was the only female in the ward. Um, so I was kind of... There was a little boys' club, I think, in the men's ward. And we were all kind of on our own. But in terms of how did I find the day-to-day routine, I think the fact that I was stuck in bed for a year, so there was no day-to-day routine. It
0: was a
6: year.
0: Where were you, were you driving? Was it when you were territory? I was
3: yeah, going out um, towards Wicklow on the motorway there on a Monday morning. And fortunately, I have no recollection of the accident. I think I was knocked unconscious at the beginning. So I'm missing about two weeks of memory. But um, it was all very dramatic by all accounts. So
0: you were in a coma afterwards?
3: No, I don't know. Just unconscious? I was unconscious, I think. And then I think I was pumped up with so many drugs, I just remember nothing. So I was in Lachlanstown Hospital first. I can't remember that. Then I was in the matter for about... Ten days or two weeks, and I can't remember that at all. So when I woke up, I was in the rehab.
6: (laughs) I fell off a motorbike, and while I was lying on the ground, a car ran over me. Oh, my God. Where was that? I was on my way to the blood bank. Off to give blood. There you go. Yeah, skidded and fell off, and the car uh, ran over me and broke some bits, and that was it. Like you, I don't remember... I don't remember any of it. Yet, but I was awake and conscious, but I don't remember it. I think that's the mind just saying, we won't remember this, we won't record this. Here. no, this God, is. I remember mine absolutely
0: vividly every last moment of it. didn't feel any pain, but absolutely, even when I hit the, the, the rock, even when my head went into the rock under the water, I remember that impact. I remember what I thought at the time. I remember thinking...
3: I remember you saying that to me just a couple of weeks after your accident, and I was so blown away by how together you were about it, that you knew straight away.
0: I didn't know that I was paralysed. I just hit my head and I said, "Okay, I've hit my head. I did this years ago in a swimming pool when I was a kid. And I remembered a sensation and it wasn't pleasant, but at that time I was kind of stunned and I got out of the water and I sat beside the swimming pool. This is when I was a teenager. It, just to let myself calm down, I said right, I'll, I'll do that again now. So I started to think, right, i got to swim to the surface. Now all this was a split second of thought. And then I realised I couldn't swim to the surface, so what I decided to do was to let my body turn over in the water so that the air in my lungs and the buoyancy would just let me float on top, and it was all very, very matter of fact and very conscious calm, and very clinical,
6: calm and collected and no panic and no worries. Well, it didn't
0: register with me that that I couldn't move anything. I, I was literally my brain was saying right, turn over in the water, because yeah. I was facing down, like with my head underwater, facing the bottom of the sea, and. My head was saying, turn over, but my body wasn't allowing me to do it. And I said, this is very strange. And the next thing, I was being pulled out of the water. And even when I was being pulled out of the water and people were saying, call an ambulance, I was thinking to myself, know I'm on ground. Just uh, give give me a few minutes, I'll be fine. The most frightening moment for me wasn't the ambulance, wasn't diving in, wasn't hitting my head, wasn't seeing the blood. The most frightening moment for me of that day... And one of the most frightening of my life was the first time I was ever in an MRI scanner, which was maybe a half an hour after my accident. Um, An MRI, the first time you're in an MRI, I've always been a little bit claustrophobic, just a little bit. But the first time you ever get an MRI scan, it really is the scariest, scariest thing. It's a little tube, your nose is a couple of inches from the tube it's an incredibly incredibly confined space, and you have to remain absolutely still, obviously i didn't have any option I, I could only remain still, but these noises start to happen that really, really heavy electronic noise is extremely loud nowadays they give you um you know speakers and you can have whatever radio station you want on there so That might distract you a little bit. But I've had a bunch of MRI scans since, and I've learned how to take a little snooze when I have an MRI. They don't bother me anymore. It's an opportunity to to, uh, kind of put the head down for 20 minutes. But at the time, I was absolutely petrified, and I I thought it went on for hours, and I thought they had forgotten about me. 20 minutes seemed to me like about three hours, and it was an extraordinary, awful experience.
2: Like Olin, Annabelle and Fergal have also had to adapt to very challenging circumstances. Now, along with their one-time rehab nurse, Eva, they reflect on their lives since their accidents back in the mid-90s. How long have you
0: been here? Um, 19, months.
3: 19 Did months. months. Did you say you came in in August, 1995?
0: Yeah, August, '95. Yeah,
3: I think I left about September.
0: '95. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, um, and where did you... You went to... Uh, you, you, your dad built a house, didn't you know, your parents built a yeah,
3: house? Yeah, yeah. The house we were living in was completely inaccessible, so... We built, so, yeah, still living there. And it's... I don't think I have as many environmental controls as you do. I've heard you have lots of swish equipment. No. But no. it is amazing. No?
0: Well, I have electric uh, curtains. Like I have a big, I love to cook, and I have a big long counter in my kitchen that rises up and down, Um, and people don't notice until I actually show it to them. They, when they come into the house, they don't know it's a house designed for a wheelchair user. Uh, But of my current reality, what's the most frustrating is the uh, to be blunt about it. The personal care you do need sometimes assistance and intervention and. That handing over of privacy is But When people see you in a
4: wheelchair, they just see your legs don't work. They don't actually realise how difficult it is for you to get through every day. It's something as simple as just washing, dressing, bladder, bowel, skin, sexual function,
3: all those areas, nobody ever thinks beyond... Just I'm quite that the glad other people work. don't think beyond that. You know, when I sort of meet people out socially, I don't want them thinking... Oh poor Annabelle, she can't do this, that and the other. I'm quite happy for them to think oh she can't walk. Yeah, you know. That's, that's a good point, yeah. It's kind
6: of your problems are or your difficulties or challenges during the day, they're yours. You deal with them.
3: I like the response of little kids. You know, if you're in a shop or somewhere they say why can't you walk? Why are you sitting in a buggy? In
6: a buggy? Yeah. <laughs> and and the parents
3: are so embarrassed. Oh, I'm very sorry. But, you know, it's, it's really amusing. It's very cute. It should you should awesome. never
0: be sorry. Like, i would love to get that message out to parents. You should never be sorry yes. for your kids asking a question like that. Oh, no, you know? It's great. You know? Tell
4: me, when you dream, do you dream that you're mm. walking? Or do you dream that you're in a wheelchair? Both.
3: Uh, I've never dreamt that I'm disabled.
4: Interesting. People say that to me, like um, when they come back, that they always dream that they're walking.
6: No, I dream that I'm in a wheelchair. Sometimes I don't. Recently, that I got up in the morning, I was so sick of this wheelchair that I kicked it across the room. I used to dream when I was in here. I had a recurring dream when
0: I was in here that I was floating, that I couldn't like. I, I would literally go. I wasn't in a wheelchair and I was standing up, but I wasn't. I was like hovering above the ground, and when I tried to reason it out, that's when I was in hospital and for about a year afterwards and when I tried to reason it out it's because I think the memory of actually feeling your foot the weight of your foot on the ground or the weight of your body, you know, the yeah. ground pressing up had completely abandoned me really quickly I don't, I can't feel that feeling even in a dream so, but I couldn't see myself in a wheelchair at the time, so even though I was standing, I was hovering uh, but now, I suppose uh, No, I would very rarely dream of myself uh, walking. Uh, How have you found, I mean, uh, just life, life in general? I mean, how have things gone personally, socially, you know, relationships-wise, anything like that?
6: That's a very deep question. I can tell you, I don't know if I... I think my life would have gone very differently if I hadn't fallen off my bike. Well, go figure. No, I I mean... (laughs) In some ways, I'm probably a lot better off than I would have been. I think I'm a lot wiser because of where I am, because of my situation. I'm a lot wiser. I'm a bit more tolerant of some things and a bit more intolerant of injustices, rights and wrongs. I, I have the same thing. I find that... Uh
0: on the one hand, things don't bother me as much that happen to me. Like when things happen to me that other people might regard as unfortunate or bad or whatever, I kind of think, well, look, the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me has yeah. already happened. Fingers crossed.
6: What's the worst thing happen? You know,
0: what's the worst thing can happen? I might
6: break my leg <laughs> or something like that. I, did, right? that, by the way. I did that. I broke, broke my leg getting into the car.
0: And you wouldn't feel any pain.
6: No, I? no, I did. I have good sensations. Oh, I That hurt like a. Um, I think
3: after an accident like this, an awful lot depends on your support network, you know, family and friends. And because, I suppose, I don't have the same level of independence as you guys, that I was just very fortunate with my family and friends. And even in the early days, I mean, the staff here was so brilliant. So I think from that point of view, everything has been really good. But I know other people are in more difficult situation. You know, they don't have maybe family backup. And I just can't imagine how difficult that must be.
0: Uh, well, listen, thanks a million. It's been really uh, amazing kind of seeing, talking to people who I was here 15 years ago with, you know... Uh. But one, one thing, the last thing that strikes me is that, and when I meet people as well occasionally who were here years ago, that people look really well. Like, people look healthy, and it's not, it's not this... You know, spinal injury isn't a degenerative condition, and... and um, I suppose even pushing the chair and getting out and about, whatever. Um, it strikes me that people actually look very well, even years later, 10, 20. Well, you look terrific, too. Well, thank you. You look terrific, too. Annabel. you look beautiful. You
3: look fantastic. <laughs> OK, all okay. I think lunch
0: is being served. I think I've grown up, but whether I would have grown up uh, irrespective of the accident is uh, is another question. Obviously, I've grown differently, um, I think I always had a good appreciation of family, but I can certainly say that's been strengthened since the accident. I don't think there's any doubt that positives have come from this accident, and it's mainly to do with the bonds that I've formed with, with other people, With uh, the bonds that have been strengthened uh, with other people, um, specifically family, although they were strong enough to begin with, um, but also friends, the friends that came out, Come out of the woodwork, the colleagues. I don't take anything for granted now. But I also, uh, you know, this phrase, life's too short, is something that's thrown around by so many people. But actually, when you actually think about that phrase, life's too short, uh, it is, you know, and you have to take that seriously. And you can't stand on ceremony. If you want to do something, do it. If you're unhappy with what you're doing, Change the number one piece of advice I give anybody with a disability that what you give off, you will get back. Not that I'm thrilled about being in a wheelchair, but I'm happy that this is, this is me and I'm not intimidated by it. I don't feel uh, weaker because of it uh, in terms of my strength as a, as a person. Um, and, Everybody picks up on that, and most people that I know who have spinal injuries would have that as well. You do rediscover the personality that you had before your accident, and once you allow that personality to come out and that kind of confidence in who you are to come out, people will respond in the same way, and the wheelchair, the disability ceases to matter.